I swear I wrote down what I was going to say tonight, but my eyes i just went buggy or the screen freaked out. I, I can't read what it's saying. I just don't get it anymore. <laughs> well, anyway, while I figure out what this week's song is, let me introduce a guy to you that was once lost in the lost and found. Aaron. Hello, Aaron. In the lost and found is one of my favorite Elliot Smith songs. Thank you. Good to be here. <laughs> I got something for every occasion. <laughs> and we have a man joining us tonight that I get aroused when... Nope, I'm not doing that. Whoa, whoa, um, hey. <laughs> um, Aaron, I, I ran into a friend of mine, someone that, that, that you definitely know, though, and he's oh, yeah? joining me tonight. Welcome, Jeff. Hey, hey Jeff. everyone. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> Still stuck on the RLs comment. But... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if you haven't guessed it by the really bad puns, tonight I don't, we will... I don't get your jokes anymore, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> I never got them. <laughs> Statler and Waldorf time. Great. Now I got Statler and Waldorf on the show. <laughs> Um, tonight we're going to be talking about the song I Don't Get It Anymore. If you've never heard this song before, because it is a very rare song, here is a quick snippet. I don't get it anymore It's a long way down From the airplane cabin to the ground and unfortunately, everyone cannot see the wonderful hand signals that I keep doing on the screen. I'm very animated when I talk, but I think it comes through in my voice. Mm -hmm. Gesticulating. <laughs> yeah. In a good way. Gesticulating in a good way. I'm saving, I'm saving everything for the outtakes video. It's all going <laughs> to... <laughs> Christmas <It'll>... party. <laughs> so, Aaron, <clears throat> what album is this off from? This one is actually maybe one of the harder ones. It's actually gave me a little bit of trouble. I'm, I mean, it, it sounds a little like Latter-day BNL, but the production is somewhat softer and not quite as loud and, and compressed as what we hear on like Silverball and newer. So I'm thinking this could be from the tail end of the page era. I'm going to hedge my bets here and sort of say it was... Bare Naked Ladies Are Me slash Men era. Okay, so... How bad was it? How bad was my guess? You could pretty much win with anything beyond Maroon at this point. Okay. <laughs> Explain. Explain. So, as I mentioned last week... So, first of all, this is a Stephen Page, Ed Robertson tune, although I okay. think really... It's definitely an Ed tune. It. It's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, this is an Ed tune. I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like those songs where you're like, "Well, this is a this is a Lennon McCartney," but really, yeah. it was Lennon. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it needed two writers. <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> so, as I was mentioning last week, there were two songs that were recorded for the Disc One compilation uh, in 2001. The, so the 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 greatest hits album, so to speak. Is this another um, one of those songs that was continuously pushed back to another album? 
It was. Uh, it was omitted from the finished record. Um, the other one was because of Shallow Hell. This one had no reason that was pushed <laughs> off. It was just pushed off. Um, so this recording was later re- released on the Rarity album for in 2012. Now, correction from last week, by the way, in case I did not say it, I can, I will, I do, was also on the documentary Bare Naked Truth. This song was not, though, Hello. So I, I was looking through my stuff this week, and I'm like, oh, I missed that one week off, and I could have had that right and not made any mistakes, but, you know. How many weeks whatever. off? Whatever. One, one week. One week, okay. Just checking. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, but there are two versions of this song. So we do have the Stop Us, if you've heard this one before, version of the song, which is the one that was recorded for the Disc 1 compilation. But we also have Ed singing it on the bathroom sessions. So I I think we should start this this, uh, discussion today about discussing how those two versions are different i'm not so much the music guy like aaron is but i'm guessing the difference is one has more instruments <laughs> well, yes, definitely, yes. that was a big difference um, <laughs> so as we'll... always with the with the bathroom versions there's just ed playing yeah okay um, um i think the pacing's different too i, I kind of felt yeah. like the pacing was a little bit it sounds a little slower sessions. in the bathroom sessions yeah it does sound slower it sounds a little more uh it sounds a little more battledy a little more country um mm. i think uh um actually not to get too much into the opinion part yet but i but this this is what this is one case well, I didn't, <laughs> yeah I, I have a lot to say about this one <laughs> or not a lot <laughs> but um I actually like the bathroom sessions on this one better. I would rather hear Ed sit, you know, in a room with an acoustic guitar and play this song than Interesting. The I definitely yes, I definitely prefer the album version on this one hands down. Uh vocally really? oh yeah, yeah. Wait, did you see um, the album version or the bathroom session? I prefer the bathroom okay, version yeah. over the oh, over yeah, the yeah, album version. Yeah, sorry, did that did I yeah, yeah. yeah. Hard, yes, hard, hard, hard sorry, disagree. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> uh, de- definitely the bathroom version I think is better than the one that's um, uh, interesting. On the album. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's very different because you have him. You have only Ed, and so he's he's rhythm guitaring. He's strumming the the rhythm for this song. He is much more present in the bathroom sessions version than he is in the record version. The record version, it, the the guitar is very sparse and sort of blended in with the. And I would almost say maybe he's using more of an electric guitar in the in the recorded version versus the bathroom sessions. He's using an acoustic guitar. Right. Um, I think that that's a perfect session. This this is one of those songs that's a perfect song for him to be doing in the bathroom session. So, like, it really shows his abilities. It really shows off his his rhythm guitar strumming, um, and. I think it's just amazing him playing it and he doesn't need all the others on the song. Like they sound great and we'll get back to that, but he doesn't need all of them. And and, and that shows it. Yeah. Just from the little bit that I've heard, I like it, but I'm really missing the bass. I really like mm-hmm. having that bass up a little front in the mix on the studio version. Um, so I don't know, man. That's just my opinion. I think they're both very solid songs. I don't think this is probably going to be one of my favorite songs uh, by far of the band, but I, you know, it's a solid tune, and um, I think it sounds perfectly fine with just him and the guitar. I agree. There's something probably in the nature of the song that lends itself to that kind of simplistic, stripped down 
uh, version. But I kind of like the I like the more fleshed out orchestration of the studio version. I think what I thought is I I've definitely I definitely heard the album version before the bathroom sessions and um, there were things I liked in the album version but there were definitely things I I don't like in the album version and most of the things that I liked are in the bathroom session barring one exception and that's the ending um, I, I really really love I mean the the guitar is pretty in the album version it it does come in it has that really great sound. Um, the ending with the uh, the the kind of the synth echoey vocals and uh, mm-hmm. the instruments that's another one of those classic piano endings that are just everything's kind of coming together. So um, I do I love the ending on the album version. That's one of those endings like I, I always I call it the God only knows ending. Um, <laughs> yeah, the the ending of a song that you can listen to over and over and over. That that's here too. do like that but other than that most of what i like about this song on the album is ed's vocals which i think he does better in the bathroom sessions and and i think just the guitar and the musicality of it so yeah for me this one's a hands down bathroom sessions i would rather listen to that version interesting that you mentioned that jeff because i'm not sure that i prefer his vocals in the bathroom session but they're definitely different and i feel like they're more they're more ed it's definitely more distinctly him that's one of the things I noticed is that uh, the very first time I listened to this, for the first few seconds, I was, you know, it's, it's very clear once you get into the song after a phrase or two that it's Ed. Uh, but the first, like, you know, few bars, I was like, wait, is that Kevin? <laughs> it actually was like, because he's very soft and a little more nasally than usual. And it took me a second to actually recognize. Usually when you hear Ed, it's Ed or Steve, really, you're just right away you're like, okay, that's that's who's singing. But um, right. It was interesting. Yeah, I, I agree. There's something a little different about the vocals in the, the studio version. And certainly in the bathroom sessions, it's more distinctly definitely Ed. Yeah, there were some 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 pitchiness issues on the album version, <laughs> which is odd, uh, that I thought there was just some areas where the pitch, there were, there were great moments in there. But uh, especially towards the end of the album version, uh, mm. there was I was doing this a little bit, like a little bit of a pit, like, ooh, ooh, you know. <laughs> and I'm not sure why that is. I'm not sure if it wasn't intentional or if it was a, uh, you know, not really caught kind of thing. That's But that's not typical of Ed. Whereas in the bathroom session, sometimes you just got to love the guy that's doing the acoustic guitar version of a song that obviously means something to him. And I mm-hmm. think he sells it in that one much better. The vocals, I just feel are tighter on that one. Well, and there's an at, at the very end when he's doing the I can't, I can't get this anymore, uh, I don't get this anymore. He's um, there's a a change there. There's a key change there um, where he's like, I'm gonna go to this note and and reach up a little bit yeah, higher, right. shift it. That shift in the bathroom sessions is better than the shift. Right. On the album Agreed. Session. Yeah. Hundred percent agree. Um, and I don't know if he's like, you know what, I'm rewriting this, or if he just like naturally felt it. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's definitely better in the bathroom sessions. And he also does it uh, more naturally in the live session. So there was also a Ships and Dips Cruise songwriters panel where he did this as well. What's really weird about that one, though, is... Well, one, it's kind of a blend between the Stop Us and the uh, bathroom sessions. But the interesting thing is, it was a, it was done by request. He's at the uh, the songwriters panel, and he's like, "All right, this guy here, specifically in the audience, I want I trust you. I want you to tell me what what I'm gonna sing." And he's like, "I don't get it anymore." He's like, "No, no," <laughs> but he <laughs> sings it. 
The weird thing, though, is that it, it's 2008. It has not been released yet on this album. So I'm like, how did this guy even know this song exists? <laughs> how did he hear this song? Because it hadn't been anywhere yet. Maybe it wasn't a request. Maybe it was a cry for help. Like the guy literally <laughs> was yelling out of that moment. I just don't get it anymore. I don't get any of this. Like, I don't get this cruise. I don't get this music. <laughs> He's like, no, I don't I get don't the food. Do <laughs> yeah, it was uh, just a weird, weird moment, weird irony at that exact moment. But it wasn't a request. It was, but it just worked out that way. Now, I do want to get to the song. But before we get to the song, I want to talk about this album. Um, since we really won't be coming back to this album for quite some time, at least not for an original song. I have, a, I, I'm going to hit the trouble with Tracy, but my trouble <laughs> with Tracy is going to be about this album. Oh, still no, still no theme music for this yet. Is no, it? we got we to gotta come up with a theme. <laughs> this was supposed to be a rarities album. And let's look at the songs on this album and if they've been released before at this point, which was in 2012. Uh We have this song, which hadn't been released yet. We have Yes, 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 which was a bonus only on the E2E. So, yes, it's a rarity. It's a. Mm -hmm. a, We have next after that is Half a Heart. That's on Blammin. That's on Berenick and Ladies Are Men. Like, no, not a rarity. Old Apartment. There at this point, Old Apartment has four other albums it's on. And this might be a demo, but it's still not a rarity at this point. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just, it doesn't belong there. Shake Your Rump hadn't been on anything yet. Same thing was on Bopes. This was a live version. It's just a live version. It's not even like a demo or something like what? Uh, one week. Why is one week on here? It's a remix and it's. Ah. What? Wait, one week? I'm not sure if I heard that song before. That's that must be a rarity. <laughs> it really, it's obscure. Um, you you really have to dig deep into the uh, BNL discography to find deep it. Cut. But, yeah, yeah, deep yeah. cut. Yeah, deep cut. Yeah. Um, Teenage Wasteland. It's not the Who song, and it's oh really? It's, it's the not the Who song. Not the Who it's song. Their it's their own, own song, song called Teenage Wasteland. Yes, which is gutsy um, in itself. Like man, we're that, gonna do another yeah, song. Yeah, I was just gonna say, what if I wrote a song called <laughs> "Smells Like Teen Spirit"? That's gonna be a, painting myself yeah, right. into a corner there. <laughs> and it's really, it's actually, we'll get to it, but it's a really good song. Okay, I, I really enjoy it a lot. And that's probably why they never released it was because, well, this has the same name as this. Like, there's no way that we should do that. They should just change the name. That's a T, so it'll be about four years. You'll have plenty of time to research. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> After that is Long While, unreleased. Second best. That was already on E2E. Mm-hmm. Why? Again, it's a demo. I can, I will, I do. It says that it's an unreleased track, but it's on Blammin'. It's on Bare Naked Ladies Are Men. Why is it on here, and why are they saying it's That's unreleased? That's two tracks from Bare Naked Ladies Are Men. Maybe they felt like not enough people heard that album. <laughs> <laughs> Here's something you haven't heard that you've heard before. (laughs) And then Adrift was once again called an unreleased song, but it's on Blame. It's on Bare Naked Ladies Are Me. Like, guys, these aren't rarities. They they were actual released. They could have included She's On Time, Lilac Girl, Back, Stephen Page is Having a Baby, Trouble with Tracy, Trust Me, Moonstone, Long Way Back Home, Powder Blue, Little Green Bag, 
one little slip blacking out joseph brown all these things they could have been night <laughs> photographs that's just me like spitting them off at the top of my head is this your demo reel to replace andy rooney on 60 minutes <laughs> <laughs> this is the trouble with Tracy. folks i don't get it why do they just release these songs they say they're unreleased i don't get it anymore <laughs> If you're going to call it a rarities album, <laughs> if you're going to have a hits album and then follow it up with a rarities album, make it rarities. You have a whole back catalog. You have a ton of B-sides that were never anywhere. So here's what we're going to do. When we get done resequencing our albums down the road, anything that's left over, we're going to resequence the rarities album and decide what goes on to that rarities album as well. Okay. Because all of these demos... That could have been on the, the album before this, which was Hits from Yesterday and the Day Before, which was, the you know, it title says it all. It was a Hits record that was full of demos. Could have been on there instead, and this should have been fully rarities. So the trouble that's, with Tracy is there was no trouble with Tracy. That's, <laughs> not for this song. That's it. Not so much. <laughs> no, but that makes so what, sense. I get, I get that. It's, it's, a, it's a weird... Uh, it's a weird anomalous kind of album to say here you're I mean yeah I, I get that like you put one week on there you're gonna put a remix and you're gonna call that a rarity but I don't know it's like if you do a B-sides <laughs> is it a B-sides album or a rarity album what, what is it you do B-sides usually you're getting legit B-sides songs that were not released that were rare not you know you want to do a remix you call it a remix album uh, I'm just basically just forming the box set aren't I disc one it's all right. <laughs> but yeah uh, yeah I agree that's it's it's a, it's a weird compilation <laughs> yeah and especially if you're gonna call it a rarities album why are you calling it stop us if you've heard this one before because that makes no sense like you're already putting it out there like you've heard these so people were no. stopping the disc a lot basically if they were listening <laughs> yeah. to the title like oh heard this one heard this one skip heard skip. the skip skip oh new one <laughs> but this one we have never heard before this was a true rarity which is why i was i was glad that this one was on this album um so let's talk about this song i don't get it anymore aaron will you give us the breakdown sure let's break it down break it down all right i don't get it anymore um it was recorded at about 74 75 beats per minute it's in the key of e major with some interesting additions in the verse, it goes from E to B to A, so we have a very basic 1-5-4 progression, all major chords. But the second time it moves through, or every other time, we end on A minor 7. A minor is, of course, not diatonic to E major, and we really don't change keys here, so I'm thinking it's borrowed from the parallel minor scale. And this creates an effect that I really love. A lot of uh, Radiohead songs are either in interesting modes or use borrowed chords. If you want a wonderful example of borrowing a chord from the parallel minor, listen to What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong. When it gets to the point where he sings, and I think to myself, that's a borrowed flat six from the parallel minor. It gives this sort of questioning, bittersweet sound that I really, really like. Uh, the chorus is just back to a basic E to B to A, but that transition to the A minor at the end of the verse makes it seem like more of a change. Also, the fact that the vocals come in on the downbeat helps the chorus feel a little bit more distinct as well. The bridge section comes in with C moving to G, then B minor, and then E. So now we're likely in the key of G, 
to which all of these chords are diatonic with the exception of E major. But of course, this is our transition back to E major for the verse. The tricky thing here is that B minor could also be interpreted as the third, fifth, and seventh of a G major seven. Uh, but it would be unusual to hear that without the tonic. So I'm going to call this an E minor uh, as there is no G. So the structure would be the intro is also kind of the chorus. So that's a B into the verse, which is our A section, chorus again, B, verse 2, A, chorus B, bridge, C, and then we have a brief instrumental over the A changes. We have A into the verse, A, 3, which is A, into the chorus, except now we have a new accompanying vocal line. Then we go into bridge number 2. I'm going to call this a D section because although it makes use of the same chords, it's handled a little differently. We go from C to B minor to E. Um, the band kind of vamps on these changes until the end. It's a nice little climax to it. I think it's a perfectly solid tune. And we have kind of a B, A, B, A, B, C, A, A, B, D, or a, a babab cabbed <laughs> format. That's always my favorite part of the uh, breakdown. Uh, Ed, Ed Robertson is clearly on the lead vocals here. Uh, but like I said, the voice has a different quality than I'm used to hearing. And the first few seconds, I almost wondered if it was Kevin singing. Um, there was something ever so subtly different about this song from a lot of stuff I've heard from BNL. Nothing extreme, but it sounded almost like something from a different band. And now it's time for Aaron's Obscure Reference of the Week. <laughs> now, I've name-dropped well-known bands like They Might Be Giants and slightly more obscure artists like Wally Pleasant. Tonight, I'm going to talk about a band called Nedlog, and I challenge one of our listeners to have heard this band before <laughs> because they were a student band. Uh, one of my best childhood friends, John, moved away in high school because he started attending Phillips Exeter Academy. This school is, of course, well known for being a very prestigious prep school. But while he was there, he also met some nice people who were in a band called Nedlog, uh, which is golden spelled backwards. But I believe they named themselves after a weird like fruit drink, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> uh, they produced, so far as I know of, only one album called The Ziphoid Process, or maybe it's Ziphoid Process. Um, but they were kind of a prog rock, soft rock, jazz fusion, more than a little silly band. They were a student band, but they were very, very good. They had some chops. And John played their disc for me when he was back in Maine for the summer. I really dug their stuff and later on ended up happening across someone who was in the band. I think it was their bass player, Jesse, who, by the way, now teaches physics at MIT. Go figure. And he ended up sending me the album so I could hear it again, which was super cool of him. Sadly, I cannot currently locate this album, but if I do, I'm now in the mood to give it another listen, uh, likely because of the somewhat floaty feeling of this song and the lovely borrowed minor chord, which kind of reminded me of that album. So that was my obscure reference. If you have heard Ned Log before, please write in. I would love to talk to someone else who's heard this band. Are they a hip? Are they a hip hop group from Stone Mountain? No, that is a, that is a apparently there's a rapper now called Ned Log. I was gonna say yeah. that's what I got when I. Searched. They're like a jazz fusion, right? Light rock kind of band. Okay. By by the way, the xiphoid process, and I've heard that word before, and I was like, wait, I know that word. I looked it up. Mm -hmm. It is the smallest part on the bottom of the sternum. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, sorry, I was, I, I, it was one of those things where I was like, I know this reference. I, I know what, where this. I've heard this. And now it's time for Tracy's obscure reference of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna um, warn. I'm gonna warn you, listeners. Within the next couple of weeks, it's gonna be all segments. That's all the show's gonna yeah, be. Yeah, <laughs> we're just gonna <laughs> eventually <laughs> break it this down. This is Aaron's fault. He did this. You gotta have. 
the kids like segments, guys. The kids do like segments. Yeah, yeah. so we got to break this up into a series of short TikTok videos. That's <laughs> what we got to do. Really get that youth audience. <laughs> you did a great breakdown. Let's go into some other depth uh, that is a little bit more common day, every man kind of breakdown of the music. Go for so it. So less depth. <laughs> so the in- let's start with the beginning of the song. The introduction of the song actually sounds weirdly similar to the song "Take It Outside." I know you haven't heard that before. I have yet, not, Aaron. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to put in eight bars of that song right here. Then I'm going to put in the first eight bars of I Don't Get It Anymore right here. Listening to them back to back, they are weirdly similar. Like Ed is obviously borrowing from his other song here unintentionally, I'm sure. Uh, but it, I, I immediately heard it and I'm like, I know that I've heard this song. Hmm. It changed away really quickly, but it's there. Yeah. I, there, was, there was something else that reminded me of, but I can't, I still can't place it. Like I'm, I know I've heard this melody before. The first <clears throat> melody line that he sings, the first couple lines actually. I, mm-hmm. I, I know I've heard this before, but it, it sounds. It sounds, and not just uh, take it outside, but it sounds like a, it sounds like a few things. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't can't, able I can't to place it. Grab which songs it was similar to uh, musically, other than that. I don't have the ear to be able to pull that. Well, off it's a pretty unless it's really close. It's a pretty common chord progression. It's a pretty uh, standard kind of rock ballad kind of uh, template, I guess I would call it. You know, so. It doesn't surprise me that we'd see some crossover with other songs, which may that may yeah, be right, why yeah, they decided sure, to yeah. kind of keep it for the B-side collection. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. I just yeah. No, they're they're probably like, oh yeah, this does kind of sound similar to this other song that we have on the same album right now. Like, <laughs> maybe we shouldn't do that. <laughs> the other thing is they're doing some really cool stuff with the channels. I know you hadn't mentioned that, Aaron, mm. but. Specifically, you have the reverse guitar in the left ear, and then you have Kevin in the right ear, and somewhere starting around the second verse, you have them doing this sort of call and answer kind mm. of thing I like in that. Yeah. the two different ears, um, and it's really cool. I'll put a, a brief snippet of that in right here. <laughs> Yeah, like towards the end there on the last chorus. Yeah. When I thought the last chorus, there's that little, yeah. Yeah, and I kind of like that. Like, I like it when they're, it's not dueling banjos, but they're blending <laughs> in a little bit, but they are kind of responding to each other in a lot of ways. And I'd never picked up until I was listening to it with, with earphones that, oh, wait, that's coming in over here, and then that's over here. Wow, that's kind of mm-hmm. cool. Um, and I like how they do that. Yeah, me too. I like, uh, there's a lot of, Little things that I like about this song. I'm going to put this into the music section. It's not really lyrics, so I think it's a musicality aspect. Um, the ethereal ahs during the bridge are just gorgeous. Yeah. Like, it's a really, it, it lifts that bridge section up. Yeah. 
the backing stuff on this i really like the bridge like i mentioned the end um you know i like the i like the, the back and forth with kevin's vocals uh, pretty much um but yeah so a lot of the backing the harmonies on the chorus the first two choruses um yeah but i i agree like a lot of the backing stuff in this is pretty cool and the echoey stuff at the end there yeah where where steven's kind of going like you got i don't get it anymore and, and steven says anymore like right. i like yeah. that yes echo. yes yeah. Um, it really works well there for some reason. I don't know what it is. I can't like say like, oh yeah, break, like here's why. But no, I just I like it here. It kind of softens reason. the blow from one of the parts I really don't like at the end. But <laughs> what which, you tell? Oh, I just I I love you, Ed. Um, Please don't tell me it's the outro. Yeah. Come on the show. <laughs> the outro no. is the best part. The outro is the best. Oh no, don't get me wrong. Uh, it's, I, I do want to highlight him. that real quick. It's like him saying, and the oh, Oz, ahead, yeah. I realized oh, yeah. today, uh, I realized today with the oohs and the ahs that, so you have, as Ed seeing his outro of um, the lyric, uh, I don't, I get aroused whenever you're around. I was once lost in the lost and found in the background. You have these ahs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now the ahs <laughs> are singing the same notes that late. Well, the same, I don't know if it's a key change and that's what makes it different but they're singing the same basic pattern uh, that you later get with the ooze after his voice trails out. But because you've gone from an ah to an ooh, and I'm, I don't know, Aaron, you could probably break down like what, what notes he's actually hitting there or there, or what chords are actually on there. It sounds different. It goes from this ethereal kind of sound to this discordant sound that almost gives you this kind of like, ooh, kind of feeling. Like it makes you feel a little bit different. Um, and I like how they're they're doing that. I'd have to listen to it again. Um, let's see. Maybe I can. While you're doing that, so one of the things that kind of came to my mind was with that end part, I kept thinking like crash test d- dummies that the, mm, mm, uh, yeah. like at the very Once end where they do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is, I think Kevin is doing some amazing, brilliant filler notes. Yeah. This oh yeah. So. Yeah. I really, I really like, I really like what Kevin does in this. Um, a lot. I love, I love what Steve does with the backing and the harmony. Um, I love Ed's vocals most of the time. <laughs> well, we're gonna come back to that in a minute. I, I know, hear, I know. I want to hear Aaron's little fill in about well, his, those notes, yeah. and then I'm like, can I totally bang in on on what you were saying? Because I feel I feel horrible that I actually stepped on your words. That's there. all right. No, it's all right. I can. I'm a big boy. Although I do have to say, if um if if Aaron's gonna sneeze like that, can we move these blocks a little farther apart? These zoom blocks. <laughs> yeah, we like gotta six, stay <laughs> safely socially. Yeah, we're, distance. we're really not social distance yeah, here. Move you there, and move you there. So I'm not. I wouldn't. I'm not hearing anything I would describe as discordant. But there are some very close harmonies, and there's moving parts where they're shifting a, a semitone or a half step. Um, so depending on your perception of what chord they're in, it's possible that your brain is expecting to hear one note and it hears one, like they move it down a half step. So you, I guess, uh, I, I'm hearing a shift in the, in the chord voicing, but if you're like holding on to that one chord and then you hear that one note go down, it might sound like it's suddenly uh, dissonant or not in the same chord. It's actually a really yeah, cool. Go, 
it, it kind of goes from like this ethereal sound to this almost ghostly type sound. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a really just, cool explanation, though. The way you, you put that, though, the way if the, how you interpret where the sound's going to go, because I love oh, so much sub- of that's in your head. Yeah, yeah, I love how subjective music oh, yeah. is, and what what you hear in a song, I might not hear in a song, and based on a lot of things. And like, yeah, you're right. Like, it's I all, think the song is going to go here, and someone else yeah. might go. That was exactly where I thought it was going to go. Music is all <laughs> happening in your brain. Yeah, yeah your, your yeah, ears really, hear yeah. it, but it's being really cool. constructed mm-hmm. and interpreted by your brain. So. Speaking of the brain, Jeff, you had a thought on your brain about the end of the song <laughs> that I interrupted you on. Nice segue. Uh, that was that was gorgeous. Um, yeah, uh, one of the things that really, really bothered me about this song um, is at the end, like I said, I, I really was into Ed's vocals at the beginning. Uh, that was one thing I liked. And uh, the music and everything. Those founds at the end great though i I just i don't know what it is the last i get aroused whenever you're around i once was lost in uh, in her lost and found i get aroused whenever you're around i once was lost in the lost and he's hitting those founds even just the whole line itself but uh there's just something about that vocal it's like it's not sitting where maybe the, again maybe this is the whole in your head sound thing maybe for mm-hmm. someone it's it's exactly the way it's supposed to be there's just something about that line that feels like it's not sitting where it's supposed to the whole time and then when he gets that very last high found um it just it hits something in my on a cerebral level for me that doesn't make me think ed you know at all <laughs> Uh, as much as I love what he does, so that's that's one thing, that, and I and I'm glad it goes back into uh, what you call the ethereal vocals, the backgrounds and everything. Some of the some of the stuff, and then of course, like I said, uh, that outro is glorious. I love the outro, uh, mm. and it kind of redeems it for me when it gets back in. I'm like, oh, good. <laughs> it's like the bandit. It's like the wound has been bandaged at that point. <laughs> but mm. yeah, that's one thing. I I just I I tried. I I went back and I listened to the. Uh, the uh, the last part after the chorus uh, several times trying to like it and uh, which is something I don't about it yeah that's a cool what idea is, that's a cool what uh, is that that's a cool what, take what, what, yeah what, I don't know man. I keep getting beeps I'm not sure what that is sounds like someone's phone it's, vibrating it's Ed it's Ed calling in already <laughs> <laughs> he's like hey is guys hey guys I want to be on the show <laughs> <laughs> nope <laughs> not this one <laughs> So let's talk about the song lyrics. Hmm. From a first glance, this seems to be a song about self-improvement, about recovering from anxiety, but that also doesn't make sense with the bridge or the last verse. Or I thought it outro. was a dude. I thought it was about a dude who wasn't getting laid anymore. <laughs> <laughs> from the title, that's where you're gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, we can move on to ratings then. Quality content that people tune in for. <laughs> <laughs> was that really your take on the song? Was that really what you No, like, obviously not. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I was wondering what it was because I don't get it anymore. It could be taken in many ways. I mean, obviously, I'm being facetious there, but I mean, I, if it was a page song, maybe. <laughs> <You know>? like, <laughs> um,. Wait till we get to She's on Time, sir. Yeah, I mean, when I hear... The interesting thing is, I don't get it anymore. It's kind of strange phrasing, right? Because, like... Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Did I lose you guys? You're both frozen on my feed. 
my my internet's been oh, oh hello can you see me can you hear me now yeah you, okay yeah you i lost you there for a second yeah. um so yeah you once were lost I, but... now i'm found i wasn't a lost effect <laughs> um but no uh i don't get it anymore is strange phrasing right because normally i would think i don't get it it's like i don't understand but i don't get it anymore that's not something you hear quite as often you know like maybe you know um so i don't understand anymore i don't you know, it, it just seemed uh, it seemed a little strange. So I, I went into it not quite sure, and I came out of it not quite sure, I guess, to be honest. But, <laughs> I mean, mostly, yeah, from the, from the verses, it, it seems like someone who maybe... I don't know, because the last verse kind of seems like it's a resolution of a longing for something. And the, the feel of the song is definitely, like, one of longing and questing... Uh, which is why I was talking about there with that kind of borrowed minor chord. I think that really that helps programmatically kind of set the tone for that. I mean, it, I would say it's kind of it's ballad esque uh, for the feel of the song. So yeah, I don't I don't quite know. This is one of those ones where the lyrics are not quite on the nose enough, where it's not like super obvious. It's more of one of those. Uh, and I think this is something we've discussed before with Ed. Sometimes he likes to do more of like a word painting. Than a, a, a prosaic story. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Jeff? Um, I was. I'm kind of. A, I'm kind of in the same vein here. I mean, I definitely. Uh, this is again a weird one, and I, I just don't get it anymore uh, at all. Um, <laughs> Golf clip. It. It's. Uh, it's. It feels like a song about self doubt. It comes up a lot. Um, that first verse is is weird for me in several levels too, but. Um, you know, I used to be afraid, doubted each decision I made whenever I went out. I, I had a feeling I was talked about, uh, paranoia, self-doubt, um, loathing. Uh, the bridge seems to reference he's having a conversation with someone about an old flame, an old girlfriend, or old, old uh, partner. It wasn't how the stars aligned. I once was lost. She told me where to go, which is probably one of the few lines in this song I like, if I'm honest. I, yeah. I do like, I once was lost. She told me where to go. Um, and a great last line of a bridge, too. Yeah. So what do you think that means? I mean, if anything, it's uh, he keeps saying he wasn't confident. He wasn't. Uh, he keeps losing things because of his lack of confidence. I, th I feel like maybe that was part of the problem with the relationship, is that he didn't have the confidence. He wasn't sure of himself. You know, hard to be in a relationship if you're not, you know, taking care of yourself. If you're insured in yourself, I, my opinion, I guess. But you know, maybe the relationship was lost because I used to get upset. I'd lose it every chance I get until you called my bluff. Which I don't even know who that last verse is directed to was it directed to the referencing the relationship he's mentioning in the bridge or is it whoever he's talking to now you know like uh, aaron said was this now the moment of re has it improved is this he's finally realizing this is all the problems i've had before i had a lack of confidence you called me out on it things are good now but then back to the same course again i don't get it anymore i don't get it anymore this one's a tough one. Maybe he <laughs> so, doesn't. So Aaron knows I like to ask questions. I know the answer. <laughs> I love Socratic questioning. Um, honestly, though, I came into tonight with an honest question of like, I don't get this. Can you explain it to me? I had an epiphany today listening to it for about the 15th time, though, and listening to it five more times afterwards to see if maybe, in fact, it actually does match up. Because I was like, oh, no, it's going to it's going to be totally wrong and you know it's gonna be another like nope i i couldn't make sense of this so song you're thinking like the chorus somehow references in a way that we're not seeing 
Yes. Okay. So here's what I came up with. Because at first I thought it was just a song about self-betterment. Because we have every chorus or every verse is about self-betterment. Which goes back to I don't get it anymore. I don't have this feeling of anxiety anymore. um, Is kind of what I felt like he was saying. My epiphany was like, I I took that because that last verse wasn't making any sense. So I'm like, I'm going to take this last verse because he's trying to say something here with this verse. It's obviously important. He wouldn't have thrown it in otherwise. What's he saying? And I almost think he's saying that love has made him a better person. Because with the third verse, he's saying that she's called his bluff and made has made him realize that he needs to work harder at being a better person. He has often just kind of gone to his baser instincts and blown up and been emotional and been reactive. And I realized that that last line was written in a way that sounds really negative toward the partner where, where he says, um, I had a feeling I wasn't good enough. Um, after saying, until you called my bluffs, I realized that wasn't good enough, which makes her sound kind of negative, like you're changing me for the wrong way and you're making me think I'm not good enough for you. But what he's really doing is setting that line up for the next line, which is the chorus of where I don't get it anymore. I don't feel that way anymore. I feel better now. I used to feel like I wasn't good enough, but I don't. Meaning that he's become a better person because of this person that he loves. That's still didn't quite work with me for the the bridge though but i almost think that maybe the bridge is similar to a i can i you're actually you're making a believer out of me though because i can kind of see it being like it sounds to me like he had this relationship he had all the self-doubt and it didn't work because of that reason um he's now in this new relationship like you said love made him a better person he he had she called his bluff you're not you're not that person you know shape up uh, kind of thing. He's like, I don't get it anymore. Um, and he's, it almost like he gave us the description of the previous girl or the previous partner or, or you know, whoever this might be directed to. The last verse, I think, is the comparison between the two now that you said that, because I'm looking at it now. I get aroused whenever you're around. I was lost in her Not. and found. Yes. Right. Now, now I'm aroused. I'm awakened. I'm, you know, this is right. who I am. I was lost in her and now I'm found. So I feel like that makes that last part uh, make a little more sense, what you said. Which is, you know, it's like he's been pulled out of it. It's making the comparison there. And I almost feel like he's doing a bridge with the, like, the with the bridge for the song A. We have, I met a woman I used to know long before you, long ago. All I could say after hello was, are you still single? Yeah. Where he's right. like, yeah, I got yeah, caught, I... like, it, like h- hitting on this ex. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's hitting on this person, because he said, he calls her a friend. Right. But he's I think he's trying to say, like, no, I, I met up with this person and she I was lost. I was kind of a lost in where uh, where I should be with my relationship. And she told me where to go. She told me I'm right, that we are good together. Like, I shouldn't be so stupid. Like, she told me I, this is us. And, and then it gets back to the comparison of, like, how she's made him better. Which she you, you the think partner. the last line of the bridge is a positive line? Yeah. She told oh. she like she told me where to go is and like go back to this other person like what's wrong with you like you're happy there. Oh, see, I I took the last verse, so I I, I see. I feel like the last verse of the bridge is a diss. Like I it was lost, be. and she told me where to go. Like she told me. Oh where to go. wow! I, I didn't even. Think that's of that how. Way. That's how I. That's how I interpreted. It. I interpreted like, yeah, he's flashing back, and I was lost. I was confused, and she told me basically hit the road. You know, <laughs> wow. that that's how. I, 
Maybe I'm a cynic. Maybe I figured Steve wrote the bridge. <laughs> that, I mean, that, that could definitely be. Um, now, with I, all the rest of this, the only thing that doesn't fit in is that outro. I was once lo- I love the line. I was once lost and lost about, but I have no idea what it means within that context. <laughs> well, I think it's lost in her, lost and found. Well, yeah, it's right. So it's Love. online. It says her, but if you listen to what he's singing, he says the. So all the lyrics online say her, but he never says. Where is the punctuation on that line, though? Wait, where is the punctuation on this line? Because there's not any on. The lyrics I was lost in her, comma, lost and found. Lost and found, or I was lost in her, lost and found. I was lost in her, lost and found, or I was lost in her, lost and found. Now I, I was lost. Now I'm found. Well, I want to go. Where's the, where's the comma on that? <laughs> that, that could definitely change the reading of that line. I want to go back yeah, to right, what you exactly, said, yeah. though, Jeff, because you were talking about paranoia. Maybe I don't get it anymore. Is that feeling of paranoia or that feeling of uh, that's, yeah, that makes un- sense. Uncertainty or insecurity. Right. I don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't get that feeling anymore. Yeah, yeah. Which is what a lot of the song is. Like we have him having a fear of heights and and fear of jumping out of the plane. A fear of, of jumping into relationships maybe is the metaphor there. Fear that he's of falling to for the first time, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, callbacks with Jeff. New segment. <laughs> um, I don't know. I really like the verses yeah. in this song. Like I, I really feel for the verses in this song. I really. It's that minor. Know, it's the really borrowed minor chord, man. I'm telling you, it's got a magical <laughs> quality to it. I love it. Um, well, and the words, like, they they really attach to me. They really mean something to me, um, especially that second verse. I used to be afraid, doubted every decision that I made. As a person with social anxiety, yeah, yeah like, I have that feeling that I'm always being talked about. I'm always a little bit paranoid. Yeah. Um, this, so, go ahead. I, you know, am I making the wrong, am I saying the wrong thing? Am I doing the wrong thing? Am I, you know, always self-doubt. And so that right. really hit me. This is something I've noticed with Ed is that... He's got this weird paradoxical quality where his lyrics will be not specific enough or autobiographical enough or explicitly enough that you yeah. you can tell exactly one event or thing that he's singing about. But at the same time, there's this emotional honesty and vulnerability to what he's writing that seems very, uh, very true and that seems very, um, very forthcoming and uh, confessional. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting, and I feel like we've talked, we've mentioned that before yeah. with Ed, like just the way he's kind of he's can be pretty vague about his lyrics, to where you have to kind of squint uh, to see them. <laughs> it's like a magic eye for uh, the ears, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, it's a magic ear. So a magic a magic eye ear. I don't know what that is. A magic ear. <laughs> magic ear. <laughs> Nobody interprets ear. Ear, we love you. Please come on the show. I'll talk about Radiohead with you, and we can be depressed together. <laughs> Hey, hey, or pitch yourself. Where can we find your stuff? Well, if you look on YouTube. Not that it matters. Nobody Not watches me anyway. <laughs> I got demonetized. Nobody subscribes to Eeyore. <laughs> Love it. Speaking of ERs, we're going to go with the opposite of an Eeyore. And I, we, we are missing someone tonight who is Stefan. Um, he did join me last night and he gave me his thoughts. So I'm going to, uh, Stefan, tell me more about what you think about this song. You know, I listened to it a few times. I thought I understood it. Now I just don't get it. But <laughs> um, it's pretty, very simple, you know. 
Um, it, it ties, I don't get it into a number of different scenarios and it blends in. I thought it was an average song, uh, but I mean, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, you guys gotta hear this. Uh, it was. It didn't do that for me. So, but I did enjoy it. I liked it. It was simple. Would I put it on my playlist? No. If it was on the CD, that happened to be one of the songs. Then yeah. But I liked it. So it's a kind of the run of mill BNL song, I think. What were some of the things you uh, kind of liked about it? Uh, well, I like the simplicity of all their songs and how it relates to real life. You know, he's sitting on a plane, he's looking down and he's just amazed by things, you know, and he just doesn't get it anymore. So, I mean, those are the, some of the things that I like about their songs and this song in particular. And then he includes it into something a little bit more personal and uh, more relational as well. And I really like that. They always turn something around. They always have, you know, three or four different kind of sets, I guess. I don't know, lacking, you know, musical terms here. But uh, in which they have a reference to I don't get it anymore or whatever their the name of the song is or whatever the point is going to be. They always tie it into three or four different things um, or more or whatever. And um, usually it changes, but it's kind of progression uh, from something simple to something a little bit more meaningful. And that, that's one of the things I really like about all of their songs. This song is no different. Excellent. So zero to five, what do you give this song? I, I would give it a three, Alex. <laughs> Whoa, what a rating. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of ratings, as Stefan just gave us his rating, Jeff, I'm going to hand it over to you for the ratings section. Oh, we're totally doing how many magic yours. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope so. I jot, I've, I've learned. I've jotted down at some point. Yeah. Uh, so on a scale of one to five magic yours, <laughs> you put that in a spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I am. It's going in right now. <laughs> so I don't get it anymore by the bare naked ladies. This one was a tough one for me, and this might be more of my haterade song. Just by the way, you know, we've talked about this. There are things I like about this song. We talked about, uh, like, the, when, a first, when the car, guitar first started, Ed first started, I'm like, this is going to be great. I'm going to love this song. You know, this is going to be awesome. Because I love a lot of Ed's songs. Like, When I Fall is one of my favorites. But some of Ed's stuff is just so, so good. Especially when he's in the bathroom uh, session singing it. And uh, his vocals, his guitar, um, amazing work. So I was, I was sold on this one going in. Uh, hit the chorus, the outro really strong, and dancing around this one. Outro really strong, I love that, um, when all the parts come together. A lot of the backing vocals, Steve's harmonies on this, uh, even Kevin's, back, Kevin's backing, uh, the ethereal stuff. There's some moodiness in here that I really, really, really enjoy for the type of song. I like it a little more now that we kind of analyzed it, uh, which, sometimes, which I often do. I hate it now, hate it and then... What I don't like about this song, uh, that found at the end, the, <laughs> that the last cut two lines of vocals from Ed, I don't know what happened there. I don't know if it was meant to be or it's just not my style, but like I said, it just that hurts. What hurts more on this one is the, the lyrics for me. Um, I really don't like the lyrics of this song <laughs> compared to, a, when you look at BNL, one of the things that I love about BNL is just the solid lyrics, the puns, the bitingness, the... Uh, emotional stuff that you get, um, the jokes, 
the twist of word phrases that carry through several lines with the rhyme scheme. Rhyme schemes that nobody would think of in really weird formats. A, A, B, C, Bs, that they'll do some really crazy stuff. This one gives us, it's a long way down from the airplane cabin to the ground, then my heart would pound. I hate that line. Uh, as the earth spun round and round and round. To me, this sounds like the song that you write when you're not quite sure how to fill the syllables. <laughs> That's how I feel with that first verse. It's like, my heart would pound uh, as the earth spun round and round. We talked about the meaning behind this, and if it's about like a feeling of you know insecurities or paranoia, you know really legit things that social anxiety, things that you know I I know I deal with myself, can be a really strong song. I don't think it sells here. I don't think the you know as opposed to some of the other things they did. Um, and then of course we get a double chorus. We get a, you know to round that out. We get an, I don't get it anymore. I don't get it anymore. Not always a problem to just have a chorus that's one line and repeats. I mean it, it happens a lot in, in true greatness, but. Not so much here. And I don't ever feel the lyrics come out of it. I think they're really plain for me. They just don't have that poignancy that I would love from an Ed song. I, I said, I do like the bridge, and I really like that last line. There again, because I thought the last line was a, a, a smash. I thought it was a slam line. Um, I was once lost. She told me where to go. I actually kind of chuckled at that one. I'm like, there's a B&L line. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the, the closer back to the third verse. Uh, I used to get upset. I'd lose every chance I get until you call my bluff. I had a feeling it wasn't good enough. Like I said, I just, they don't, they're not the strong lyrics I would normally expect. That could just be me. I think I was, the intro set me up for something a little stronger. Um, that said, overall, there's enough saving graces in this. I'm not going to go too hard on it, but definitely can't rank this anywhere near a lot of my favorite PL songs. And don't listen to this episode because uh, I love <laughs> you, man. Seriously. Uh, but I, I got to give this one, I got to give this one a 2.6 Magic Ewers. It's a little above average. All right. And the world Please. is shocked. Wow, that is a low ranking for Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who are you handing it to there, sir? All right, we're going to hand this off to... Let's hand it off to Aaron. Okay, uh, you know, I think I liked it more than you did, Jeff. I don't I don't love it. Um, so if loving... I mean, obviously a five would be... I absolutely adore it. I think it's one of the best. It's definitely not a five. Um, <laughs> a four would be... I like it to love it. I really, really like it a lot. It's not quite there for me. I think the thing is... It's a very, very simple song. And it could easily have been a 2.567 up to a three for me. If it hadn't been for the little subtle, interesting kind of tweaks they put on it. If it would just be like a one five four uh ballad, I think that would have been a fairly boring song. But the fact that they had that borrowed minor chord in the verse, the really, really interesting kind of counterpointal um uh kind of vocal part in the the last chorus and then the really, really nice outro, I think elevate it quite a bit for me. And I'm going to award I don't get it anymore three point five magic Eeyores out of five. All right. I'm going to send it off to Tracy. All right. right. (laughs) Shocker. I didn't know if I had a job there. I was... (laughs) Oh, wait. Do we... I can identify a lot with this song, and as a person that struggles with anxiety, especially social anxiety, as you were talking, Jeff, you made a really good point that it's a very simple chorus. And and I do. I like a chorus that's a little bit more complex. Um, that being said, there are choruses, Brian Wilson, for example, that are very simplistic, that obviously are right up there and amazing. I don't think that this is an amazing chorus. Um, I think I really do like this song, though. Um, and the more that we talked about it tonight and finally kind of getting 
the understanding of what this song was about really helped me to, to kind of feel better about this song. At the same time, I don't know why this song wasn't on an album, at least as one of the slower songs. I think it belongs on there. I, I There were three albums that came out after this was written, and I banged my head trying to figure out why it wasn't on any of those three albums. E2E and either of the blames, like it could have been on there. As a matter of fact, there's a song I would have taken off of Blame or Blamin' and put this on instead. Um, I am glad that we got it through the Rarities album, though. Thank goodness they actually put a real rarity on the Rarities album. Because um, I do like this song. I wouldn't say it's amazing, it's fantastic, I have to listen to it. But it definitely went on to my iPad for me to listen to. So I give this song a 3.9. Okay. So I'm the, I'm the one that drank the haterade today. All right. We... <laughs> <laughs> that was, was my tra- job last it week. It was your so. job last week, so I don't feel... <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tracy, and what is the appearance of the week? There are some Canadian celebrities of various media, and they're podcasters now, but they've done a lot of things over the years. They're actually really well-known in Canada, and they're releasing their first record. And Their names are Taggart and Torrens, and the reason that I'm bringing it up today is this album is out there. It is available to buy. Uh, you can get it on iTunes. I checked it out last night. It's actually, I like it. And Ed appears in their newest video. The newest video is called You Sellin', I'm Byron. Um... <laughs> It's very much along the lines of um, a band that I used to listen to, which is Diupers, um, where it's very, it's it's almost co- it's comedy, um, but it's almost Diupers, very like, Canadian in their humor. If you liked Red Green, you're gonna like this album. Like it's very Canadian humor, and and it's wonderful. So I recommend going out and listening to it. But I'm going to put the video up that has Ed in there this week. Of course, he's talking about all these things that people are selling online and that these guys are buying. And the thing that Ed's selling is a crokinole board. Now, if you're like me, you're probably like, what the hell is crokinole? It is a Canadian game that's similar to shuffleboard where you flick discs across the board trying to score by attaining the central region. And you can only keep the pieces on the board if it hit another person's disc in that play. Like, it sounds really complicated. It makes me thinking of curling, but on a smaller version. So, of course, it would be Canadian. Sorry, Canadians, but, you know, that you, curling is your national sport. So, you know, give it. So, yeah, I, I recommend going out. Actually, I now want to go out and buy a crokinole board because it sounds really fun. So, Ed, I will buy your crokinole board. I'm Byron. Well, guys, um, after those really bad puns, it's the end of the show. That means I got to say goodbye. I don't like it. I hate goodbyes. But the good news is that we'll be coming back next week to discuss, discuss the song I don't like. All right. So. Okay. <laughs> you win. Yeah, that was a that I'm was a week of I, I was expecting, yeah, I was expecting a, a deeper rabbit hole in on that one. <laughs> you set me up for what? <laughs> you undersold the rabbit hole, <laughs> Aaron. Don't you like my my throw to next week? 
I, I gotta say, I don't like it. You don't like it? <laughs> no, no sir. Don't like. I don't like it. He don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll come back next week and talk about what Ed and Steve doesn't like. Join us next week as we talk about I don't like. <laughs> and thanks. That was fun. Thanks. That was fun. Don't forget. No regrets. Except maybe. Perfect. Wait until we go to the next concert. I'll definitely throw you under the bus. <laughs> not literally. Please, not literally. Oh, you're saying metaphorically. Unless you want to throw me under it so the bus has to stop, and then they have to take me to the hospital. Like, I'm okay with that. Or so you can grab a hold and just go on tour with them. That's right. Latch on, like, like Luke under a net act. <laughs> I think I, I think I'd be dragging the ground a little bit more though. <laughs> and you and me both, because I'll be probably hanging on to your ankles. Crazy! <laughs> Where you going, buddy? And every now and then I still stick my foot in my mouth, but not as often. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Well, if you get their attention and they respond to you, that's good. Yeah, I'm actually surprised because I hate the sound of my voice, but people are like, no, I listen in every week to hear what you're going to say. I'm like, really? <laughs> you're good. You're good on this. Thank you, you might have found your calling. Thank you. I appreciate it. As long as nobody gets to look at you, I think you're fine. <laughs> Why is his head taking up the entire screen? What the hell? It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.